0: You are listening to Heal Yeah! with Colleen Ziegler, produced by The Lighter Side Network. Visit TheLighterSideNetwork.com for hundreds of video episodes and podcasts exploring wholeness living, trans channeling, energy work, and more. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heal Yeah! podcast. I am your host, Colleen Ziegler, and today I am sitting here with Susan Edwards.
1: Hello, everyone. <laughs>
0: Susan is a naturalist educator, a plant enthusiast, and a supporter of lifelong learning, mm-hmm. and she lives it. She really does live live all of that. And I know Susan because she's my own personal Mary Poppins. <laughs> nice. That's, awesome. That's how I see you. You're like my plant Mary Poppins. Yes. Um, but she is my daughter's teacher. One of my daughter's teacher, and I am so grateful for her.: I'm equally grateful. yes. <laughs> uh, and you can find Susan at soundofnatureschool.org along with her husband. She is the co-founder of Sound of Nature' School. And you can also find her on Instagram at, at wolflily PSM, and that's Lily with one L. And that is where you'll find the plant medicine side of Susan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: right? Right. And also Sound of Nature has yep, a Instagram Sound of nature sp- school. Okay, Mm -hmm. as well. So Mm -hmm. at Sound of Nature School. Mm -hmm. So Susan, uh, tell me a little bit more about your childhood and how it influenced and affected who you are today.
1: It influenced greatly, (laughs) yes, who I am today. I talk about it often too. Um, So I was born in Oklahoma. Um, It's actually on Route 66, um, Edmond, Oklahoma. It's north of um, Oklahoma City by about 10 minutes actually. So it's suburbia. But um, I just grew up basically in the wilds of the creeks and the um, tall grasses and the, you know, the just open plains. Um, and I just only remember being outside all the time. Um, I'm pretty sure I was outside all the time, it seems. I did come in to sleep and to dance in the hallway. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and I had three dogs and um, we would just adventure all the time um, and, and, and they would find rabbits, and um, I would find tadpoles and all kinds of insects, um, and yeah, we'd just adventure and get lost together. My dad found me at a garage sale that was like a couple streets over via the fields you had to go through. I didn't walk on any streets. I just took the fields to get there, and um, so he found me there one time That's with the dogs. Awesome. It was and amazing. So
0: this is really from birth until when? Yes, until I was
1: seven. We moved um, from Oklahoma to Dunwoody, Georgia. So, um, yeah, so then, and Oklahoma keeps coming up all the time in my adulthood. Um, but then we moved, yeah. So when I was seven to Dunwoody and, um, then grew up still in suburbia too, but I found the wilds of the privet and, um, the different kinds of, you know, trees. I had a willow tree in my yard, so I was still constantly outside, um, And, you know, the pine trees there. And so I just constantly immersed in nature. And my dad had a big influence on that, too. And my mom, they were both super supportive and comfortable and outdoors. Um, But My dad would always find the wilds as well. And um, Dunwoody Nature Center was actually there. Um, and we were in like walking distance of that. So we would take the trails and just like, um, the creeks there. And so it sort of mimicked Oklahoma experiences in that way. Um, but yet in a different ecosystem, Mm -hmm. you know, the Piedmont. So.
0: And probably not as much freedom. Right. To wander. Right. Or is that just an assumption on my part? It It sounds like Oklahoma, you had a lot of Freedom? A lot of freedom. Different age
1: range, too, probably influenced mm-hmm. it, which you would think maybe. But I had, yeah, the freedom did feel a little bit wider there. And then there was still some freedom feeling in um, the wilds of Dunwoody. but um,
0: <laughs> Which, thankfully, are still We're laughing. There. I know a lot of our listeners might not know Dunwoody. Some of yes, them might. But it's right. a suburb of Atlanta. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, and the wilds are actually still there, thank goodness, to, in the Dunwoody Nature Center. Um But yeah, definitely some freedom still there too. But it started to start to feel maybe more constrained a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, Mm -hmm. So
0: let's talk about your whole philosophy and experience with nature and with education because you've really tied the two together Mm -hmm. in your current life by founding The Sound of Nature School. So we can talk a little bit more about that later. Right. But um, what was the beginning of your career as a naturalist or as an environmental educator and how did it affect your um, views on education? Because I know that they've, because I know you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know that you've talked about they've really evolved over the years, those views. Right. So talk about the beginning of Mm -hmm. your educational career, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and how your childhood influenced it and then how that kind of led to influencing what you're doing now.
1: Yeah. Um, so I was really lucky um, in the, in DeKalb County schools, um, Fernbank Science Center was um, a big presence. And um, so in, you know, in the elementary years and the middle school years, we started to get more experiences with Fernbank Science Center educators. And I remember specifically one time um, in middle school, a, um, uh, an educator there come and it was like career day, Mm -hmm. um, in middle school. And so I happened to be in this classroom where, you know, the, the people are just assigned what classroom to go to. And, um, it was Fernbank science center educators talking about the classes they offer in nature and how you can take like all of your ninth grade science in nature. Um, and you know, and hands on science basically. So, um, I got to take that program and, um, and I remember, I was one time putting water on a pine tree in my backyard and it occurred to me that all this love of nature um, is actually a thing and that it can be a career. Um, And, you know, back then when they're talking about careers and things and you're like in eighth grade Mm -hmm. or seventh grade and you're wondering, okay, careers. But it really clicked with me.
0: Yeah. Finally discovering that it it could be a career, be a career. You, rather than just this love and passion.
1: Right. So then it, it occurred to me, oh, wow, this is a thing I can follow, you know, within the system that is constantly asking you to know what you want to do. Um, this nature kind of found me in and it connected me to, OK, there's these answers to that. And I love this already. It's what I'm doing already, just being around, um, you know, in, in the world, in the natural world. And um, so, yeah, so then I took high school classes at Fernbank Science Center and they're all outside um, with Dr. Larry Wilson. He also teaches at Emory. Um, But it was amazing. And so then, um, then UGA, I went, there for ecology and entomology. I got bachelor's degrees in those. And then I continued on with environmental education because I've always loved working with children. So when I was um, in high school, I'd work um, in gymnastics camps or different kinds of camps with children. And um, so I just knew that I wanted to tie those two together Mm -hmm. um, because I love nature and I love being around children, I think because they hold that kind of magic still. And I always just sort of communicated and felt comfortable around children. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so I just sort of blended those two together and then, um, and I got a master's in environmental education and then, um, and then I traveled a lot. I was, um, I traveled to New Zealand, Australia and Fiji and I was the teaching assistant for study abroad programs in the South Pacific. Um, so I found myself just traveling in different um, environments and, and teaching because...
0: children around the world as well. Or were you dealing with older college students? College students, yeah. Okay. So,
1: um, so I was with yeah exploring, but still education, right? Yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. So exploring the wilds with the college students in the different areas, um, and then tough life. It yes, tough yes, life. <laughs> it was it was really tough life. It was great, and um, and then um, I started working at Fernbank um, Museum as an environmental educator there because I knew I. Wanted Wanted to do environmental education. So um, I had interned at nature centers and Audubon centers. And um, then I really enjoyed, um, you know. Teaching people about nature. And that seems to be the setting in which you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would go out to the schools um, and do after school programs and bring animals and just do nature programs within the school systems. Um, and then I really loved getting to know these children. And um, then I wouldn't, you know, I would do some programs and then I wouldn't see them. So I really longed for like a re- relationships, like longer ones with the children to go deeper in nature and just, you know, have that relationship instead of just like an outreach program, Mm -hmm. even though I loved it. So then I decided to go, um, and to teach in the public system, um, which I never really called to me before. Um, but I, after being in the public system with um, outreach programs, Mm -hmm. um, I decided to do that. And so then I found myself teaching middle school life science and I wanted to like infiltrate from within and just bring environmental education to the public school system and have the relationship with the kids long term and just bring that kind of love and passion for nature to you know inside the building Mm -hmm. um and also you know I tried to work outside the building too it's just a little tougher um with the different constraints sure, that you find. Sure.
0: It almost seems like a, it reminds me the other day I, I get ads. You know how you see ads on Instagram yeah. or ads on Facebook of different things. And right. there's, there's an online school and there's a naturalist course. Oh, wow. And I just, you know, having my experience with you right. and with my daughter who right. loves to be outside, I'm like, hmm, an online naturalist course. So I'm almost seeing the same thing for you, trying to take your love of nature, right, and then bringing it bringing it into a yes, you know, a public school, right, middle school, right, you know, yeah, and how that could probably be challenging, right, yeah. exactly. It it was, um, and
1: amongst uh, all the other challenges of um a middle school in general, but also, <laughs> but also, yeah, just the the public school system. It's just hard. You see a lot of you know teachers really teaching their passions and wanting to but there's just so many constraints mm-hmm. you know um which makes it hard for everyone sure, to trickle sure. down you know to the children um but so how long did you do that i did for? that for 3 years okay mm-hmm. and then um and then i found myself um he, i was a naturalist at a reggio emilia inspired preschool And um, so that was amazing. That was relationship with children. It was much younger children, but I love being around the younger children, too, and um, exploring nature, gardening, um, but being out in the natural world with them. And give us a little
0: bit of um, idea of what that's all about.
1: Yeah, Reggio Emilia, um, it's an approach um, to education, a philosophy that was developed in Reggio Emilia, um, Italy, by Mm -hmm. Loris Malaguzzi. Um, and, and it was basically their approach to education in that municipality, um, in Italy there and all of their preschools have that model and it's a child first, um, you know, high image of the child, mm-hmm. not a top-down model, but supporting their interests and following their threads of interest and learning and realizing that all of their learning um, is there. They already come with all of it. It's just supporting that. And then as they go, so following them and... Um, so more
0: of like you're the guide.
1: Right, exactly. And you're facilitator to help support... It's basically like the liaison between mm-hmm. the children and the world and sort of the resources
0: so you can it, sort of help them. It only goes through preschool, it yeah. doesn't go above and beyond. Right. <laughs> so
1: a lot of people have really wanted um and some and some I think I think they might be starting if they haven't already like an um elementary mm-hmm. early beginning elementary and some other places in the United States are doing that too. Sure. Um and so yeah, it's a worldwide kind of um philosophy ed- education now. They've really they do a great job educating educators about it. So um, I got to experience a lot of learning there. And that style really called to me. Sure. It sort of met education with like the natural way of being and learning. And it didn't you didn't feel
0: suppressed in that mm-hmm. kind of um, way. Huge of difference yes. from teaching middle school. Yeah. Right. And just and also middle school in a public school because you're probably I don't know what size middle school you were at, mm-hmm. but. Usually there's a lot of students coming in and out of your classroom every day, right? right?
1: Oh, yes, yes. Like 30 or more each class, yes. about seven So classes. you have hundreds of students. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And and the model, of course, is completely different. It's much more top-down, learn this, and, um, you know, interests can connect. But it's very hard to feel that original spirit of learning mm-hmm. that was there, I think, as children. Um you know to connect it to those things, and sure. and you try to do that within the four walls, but um, but a lot of it is lost because nature is really not there. You yes. know, um, it is in the field, and you can find those wild plants, but it's it's you don't get much time outside anymore mm-hmm. in public school. And That is so painful, which I can't even yeah. comprehend. <laughs> and if you think about some of your favorite memories, like if you went to public school as a child, if adults think back to some of their favorite memories. Mm-hmm. And where probably true learning occurred, it would be that one time your fourth grade teacher, like I remember, took our class out on a walk. It was like the best time ever. And and even the playground times, those yeah. were where like you're building your relationships and you're learning everything. It's just, it's funny how, and the, those times get taken away now, yeah. you know, like, or not even had at all. So
0: it's very disheartening. Yes. Not only, um you know for the children, but for the adults that have to watch it right. happen. And I think that so many adults from what I, I hear so many adults say this, well,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I did this and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. right? <laughs> or, you know, my parents did this and I'm fine. Yes. And I won't go into strong details of right. what that is. But if we really sat back and thought about it, if we could have had another way, right. I think that, you know, some of us would have chosen the outside school right. or the teacher who was a little had a little bit more compassion rather right. than just wanted a paycheck. Right. For. Right. Um, you know, all that being said, we've all had wonderful teachers. You've, right. you've named some of yes. some of yours. Right. Um, let's talk a little bit. I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to tie this together because uh-huh. teachers are really they're healers. Right. Especially That's the true. very influential ones. And um, especially when they're as passionate as you are about yeah. what. What you do. Let's talk a little bit about your sweet little school you started. Yes. And how did it come into existence? Right. I mean, I think pretty much your story kind of just says how it came into existence. Right. But, but um, how did um, you step into a role exactly? Yeah. Of cause I can imagine a couple things. Mm-hmm. And tell me if I'm assuming wrong mm-hmm. or I'm imagining wrong. Huge loop of faith oh, on, yeah. on your end totally. for um, you know, you and your husband to mm-hmm. stop doing what other jobs you were doing right. and to really step into being full-time educators right um for for homeschool students right because that's who you, and then also you have summer programs um right. i think they're probably still the homeschool students coming for the sum, yes, summer summer programs of them, but also not yes, just yes for everybody right um but one that's a huge leap of faith mm-hmm. but how that leap of faith you know felt in alignment with what truly needed to be happening in in your lives at that time. Yeah. Um, I think it's so, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Um, It really is totally our passions. And, and we just had this opportunity where the job that Dan was working, um, wasn't gonna have a bunch of positions anymore, and so a bunch of positions got cut. And isn't um, that great how the universe
0: just kind of yes, tells us what's up? <laughs> it was totally the universe. Yeah. And in
1: that meeting with a bunch of different employees that were all, you know, positions getting cut nationwide, um, you know, he just felt like, yeah, this is a good opportunity to like leave because you're getting an opportunity to take that leap. Mm-hmm. You know, and lots of times you don't necessarily get that much of a clear opportunity. But Dan and I didn't know, you know, what um, what we were going to be doing. We just took the leap, not knowing anything, Mm -hmm. but I also really like change. And I also like opportunity and adventure and sort of just having that time to sort of recreate or redesign or see where you're, you know, what you're feeling. So we had this unique opportunity of, um, you know, a small little severance package so that we could sort of have that pause mm-hmm. too, which I think was a lot of it. So we were able to um, say, okay, we're going to try to figure out something else. And then, sort of not worried, maybe he'd find something else. And then, um, you know, like a month after that, not even a month after that, sort of just came to my mind because Dan is a musician mm-hmm. and Mapitolsa and he <laughs> loves, um, and he so deeply passionate about music it really sort of drives his soul and it's amazing and and nature is like that for me and we had um a three-year-old actually a two-year-old and a little you know nine-month-old at the time Murphy and Lily and uh and so you know I was just thinking well what can we you know what can we do and it just sort of came to me like oh we could maybe do like a music and nature preschool um and so and I was like we can call it Sound of nature. Um, and there's a few other ideas of names, but sound of nature. I love definitely. hearing the beginning stories. Yeah. yeah.
0: Of the way that ideas come right. into their existence. existence it's amazing. True. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I do too. It's like those little seeds. Yes. And how they're supported. Yes. And what along the way, yeah, supported it. So, yeah, so when we just started, you know, this tiny little program in our home, tiny, tiny, it was like our two children and two others. And, you know, just super tiny. But, you know, we were calling it Sound of Nature, and it's a Reggio-inspired preschool. So even though it may look like, you know, babysitting or nannying, we sort of gave it its own voice. Yes. Tied with our passions of music and nature. You moved it into existence. Right, yeah. You know, by
0: naming it and by... Yeah. Creating it.
1: And so lots of times people would say, Oh, so you run a daycare. And I'd be like, No, it's a nature and music inspired preschool. You know, Mm -hmm. you just sort of whatever's calling in your heart and you just give it voice to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and normally sometimes that might be hard actually, but in this case, it wasn't for some reason. And so, We just started doing yes on a nature um, little preschool music, you know, and nature. And then um, and then, you know, um, some families started moving into um, the neighborhood more and um, sort of wondering, will you do this for older children? Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of homeschool families. Mm -hmm. And um, and definitely after teaching in the public system, I was much more my heart was much more aligning, especially with my own children for this kind of homeschool um, kind of. Um, way of being, life learning basically, mm-hmm. and so um, and so some homeschooler families were asking one in particular, a little spider, an elusive spider, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, and wondering if we would do this for older children. It's like, yeah, that would be great. Let me figure out what day you know, because at the time um, our classes we had we were Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then we moved Monday through Friday, but then. So then we just made it Music Mondays. So Dan had the um, small group of preschoolers mm-hmm. that did grow to about four or five or six um, little preschoolers altogether. So it did grow from four to six. <laughs> and then so I started doing a naturalist class, um, a nat- nature walk for older children, and I just loved it. It was like for ages, you know, seven to 12 or something. Mm-hmm. Um And then from there, it started. We started just adding more and more, and sort of morphed it. And our preschool sort of became like two or three days a week. And then um, we just morphed, and Dan started teaching some music classes, and I started teaching nature classes. Um, And it just grew class by class into like a five day a week program now. And it's different classes each day for different age levels. Yeah, and y'all have full classes. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So it is just a dream, and it's really just following what we were passionate about, but also that there was interest for, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think there's interest for everybody's passion. It's just sort of finding that. um, And, you know, different um, families supporting it too and sharing it. So it's really kind of a joint feeling. I feel it's like not something that Dan and I created. It's this, it's this jump that we made into our passions. Mm -hmm. And that from there, it just sort of feeds it as a community yes, and then beyond, you know?
0: And also the power, like we were just talking in the podcast before this one about the power of expressing yourself. right? And that's you and Dan are both expressing yourself True. to your, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's always up words right. <laughs> to go, but at your really highest, oh, you yeah, know that you, this is what you're passionate about, this right. is what you love. Right, And I think it's such a great story too of – you know, I found you all mm-hmm. when our family was taking a huge leap of faith. Nice. And it's just such a great example of when we just kind of trust. Right. Which is really hard to do sometimes. Right. It, You know, it's easy to talk about it after the fact. Right. That's but, true. But you know, it's a little scary yeah. while you're doing oh, it yeah. to take these leaps of faith and right. to trust and how that's healing. Yes. To, so healing to our families, to our soul, to our. Community, right? I mean, look at what you do for your community. Right. It's Beautiful. Yeah. It's really beautiful.
1: Thank you. And you're yeah. right, though. It's so healing because you know what you're, what we're doing or something. I mean, we're equally healed by the community Absolutely. and by those children. Yeah. I mean, that's when people like thank me for the classes. It's honestly, I just, it's <laughs> so the children. I mean, I'm getting so much from them. It's mm-hmm. completely healing. Yeah. I mean, it's so true when your passions align with what people also want, then that the healing is just taking place both ways.
0: Yeah. Well, the energy just shifts. It's yes. like yeah. it just shifts and moves forward. And all of a sudden there's all this creativity and people feel like they're expressing themselves the way right. they want. And so- when it's, inspiring. We're not, it's inspiring to others to do it. Exactly. Right. It's hugely inspiring to go, gosh, look at Susan and Dan. They created their own school. It's awesome. Susan's, you know, in the creek all day long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, like, I'm in, loving it. In I'm rocking my childhood. You know? I mean, yeah, I think Lily Lily wants to move in with y'all. Yeah, I mean, totally. That's like, great. I know. But, <laughs> but as a parent, so grateful for that because. You know, I was, like three years ago, I was in tears, like yeah. wishing that I could manifest Susan. Oh, nice. But I did. Thank <laughs> you. That's awesome. I mean, I didn't. She, you know, just right. appeared in my life. Right. But but um, yeah, when you take that leap, truthfully,
1: others taking that leap. Yes. And that's yeah. how
0: you know that everything's, that's one, going to be okay. Yeah. But also that, you know, bring the alignment thing back into it. Right. That when we truly are in alignment to what is the right thing to be doing with our life path. Right. It flows. Yes, because it it connects.
1: It's what others need. Yes. I mean, I see other people doing this, and you just want to support them, and you just love what they're doing, and it just fits a part of your life, too. Yes. So it's really amazing, yeah, that whole alignment. I mean, it's deeply healing.
0: And it creates such this beautiful, like-minded community, which is also really important,
1: too. Right, exactly.
0: Because, you know, when you do choose to alternatively, School Mm -hmm. your children. I don't even like really like to educate your children in alternative ways. Sometimes it can kind of be a lonely path because not a lot of people understand. But we are so supported by so many people who love and support what you're doing you know, what, what I'm doing just as a parent, you know, right. just all of that. Yeah. And that is so nurturing to be part of yeah. that community. That's true. It
1: definitely, yeah. I don't think I could do it alone for sure yes. in terms of the homeschooling yes. or the. It can be a educating. little isolating. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, community is key. Yes. Yeah. That's
0: a good point. That's a whole nother podcast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, um, let, what's next in Susan's life or what's next for the school? Um, what inspires you to keep going? Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, just the, the children, just the connecting with their spirits, you know, seeing how they morph and then it inspires your own morphing. And also just, you know, what, we're interested in and sort of offering more of that too. I mean, I'm diving deep into herbs and plant medicine, which was always a calling deep in childhood as well. Um, and connected, you know, all along my life. But, um, now I have the opportunity to just sort of dive even deeper into it. Um, working with an amazing herbalist, Leslie Williams, and um, a bunch of other amazing people. Um, but so offering, you know, just following our passions even deeper, maybe, you know, offering different kinds of classes. Um, I especially love my herb class with, um, at Sound of Nature. I mean, that class has its own magic. I mean,
0: I love l- that you offer it. Yeah.
1: And a lot of adults yeah. want it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we we'll, I'm going to be offering some, um, you know, different adult nature walks more and, um, and, you know, different kinds of, I guess, combining the different sciences and herbs and body systems. um, And, yeah, just keep continuing to, I guess, enrich, you know, our offerings mm-hmm. in alignment with, like, the children's interests, too. You just sort of see how all the passions combine. Yeah. Um, so,
0: yeah. That's why I said they all combine really beautifully because yeah. they're all – They're all linked together, but they're different, and it allows you different avenues for creativity. Right. But it all makes sense.
1: Right, exactly. like you have your
0: plant medicine going on. That's true, right. Then you have your naturalist class going on, which I love. I would love to see or talk to you in 10, 15 years Mm -hmm. and see what percentage Mm -hmm. of the children you're teaching now are doing something with nature. True. I would be. Re- I mean, I got chills just saying yeah, that because cry, I, so. yeah, yeah, because you can feel how true that That's is. True, because you're going to influence them. I'm going to start. Right I know. To too. <laughs> I wasn't even going. That's there. true. That's funny. But but that you've influenced them so much. I mean, I know I'm going to bring up my own daughter again, but just because it's my it's yeah. my link to you, right, right. Um, but I know you know how important you are in her life, mm-hmm. and you know, that it's so important that kids have, I mean, you fill this, this thing that I can't do, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And nor do I want to, I'm okay with that. Right. 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 That we all have, it takes a village. It goes, goes back to that, but you really nurture that within her. And I see you know, I, I would be shocked if she didn't do something yeah. in nature. Oh, well, yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. She's like, completely natural. But then I see all those other kids too. <gasps> right. That are, there are part so many. of that group. Right. And, you know, even if it is just doing whatever and still going camping every weekend or, right. you know, but I think that the influence is huge.
1: Right. True. And, you know, connecting with that kind of medicine, um, you know, that's, yeah, just that kind of mentorship yeah. or that medicine that aligns with you also aligns with someone else in a way that sort of feeds that mentorship. And and that's what I was fortunate enough to have back in the day, you know, um, with Fernbank educators and, and my dad. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, just, yeah, those influential people that then, you know, show you, hey, this connection you sure, have is sure. actually a path, you know. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. And I
0: think ultimately, I mean, going back to that, that's that's what you've shown her. Yeah. Is that it can be that path. Right. Because we've always been a naturey family. Yeah. And gone camping and right. had gardens and all that kind of stuff. But you've shown, you know, that that can be – here's this teacher. Right. You know, here's this educator who's not just your parents. Right. Showing you and guiding you. Yeah. Um, through nature, which is really powerful. Yeah.
1: And all the different paths that they see and they feel sort of giving – you know, there's validness to that, yes. you know, validity to it. So. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, thank you so much yeah, thank for joining you. me today. I loved this conversation and yeah. I love the work you're doing. Thank you. I really do. Thank I mean, you. with the plant medicine, with the kids, yes, all the above. And I think, you know, when I think about what you're doing, I think that you're like creating this childhood for children yeah. that it's it's healing just with with being. Right. I don't know how to. I don't know. That's so I don't know true. How to put that. Yeah. It's like just um,
1: honoring the importance of childhood. Yes. Is so healing. Exactly. Because that's kind of what's
0: being lost right now. Yes. And a lot There's of so us. Many are adults that need to be healed from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from a childhood that, yeah. that was lost. Awesome. But I mean, we're all on our own. I'm going to sound so cliche, but we all are on our own path. And I truly honor. Yeah. Truly honor everyone's. Experience.
1: Right. Oh yeah. Exactly, definitely. Well, Well, thank thank you so much. And you can
0: find Susan at Mm soundofnatureschool.org if you are in the Atlanta area Mm -hmm. and you're a homeschooler Mm -hmm. or you want to take the leap and start homeschooling and then Susan will educate your kids. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's right. I'll be excited. Part time. (laughs) That's
0: right. That's right. And then you can find out more about um, Susan's plant medicine at Wolf Lily with one L P S M, and that's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And where can the adults find your herb classes? Yes. Where are they being posted? I'm
1: partnering with um, Catherine Kolb from Eco Addendum. Okay. And so on the Eco Addendum website, um, and also I believe they have a Facebook page, Eco Addendum, um, and you can find those. There'll be four different seasonal walks um, in Atlanta this year um, with plant medicine.
0: Are they going to be in our neighborhood?
1: One is in Pine Lake, (laughs) yes, March 23rd
0: oh nice I have an event that weekend but I really Uh, (laughs) wish I could be there yeah 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 so uh, if this podcast comes out before then Mm -hmm. and I think it might because it's going to come out in like a grouping um, definitely check that out if you're in the Atlanta area um, in Uh ecoaddendum.com uh huh Yes, it could be.org, but check one of those, well, yeah. <laughs> Google e- eco-addendum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and find Susan, and she will guide you through nature. That's great. Right. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you and so much, yes, Susan. thank you. And we'll see you all next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. The ideas expressed by guests are not necessarily Colleen's personal beliefs. Information received from HILIA is not to be used as a substitute for medical or psychological advice. See and hear more from Colleen by subscribing to The Lighter Side Network at www.thelightersidenetwork.com. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary.